Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Thank you. Well, I have the great joy this morning to share with you a few thoughts about the important decisions that you make that affect your life. And this morning, I want to focus on the power of the decision to live my life for service of others. It's quite fitting that this morning is the 11th of the 11th, a day when we remember quite rightly the sacrifice that many women and men made during the First and Second World Wars and many conflicts since then. Men and women who bravely decided to give the ultimate sacrifice for their friends, their comrades, their nation. In the book of John, in the New Testament, you're going to come up on the screen any, any minute now. You'll be able to read it together. It says this. John chapter 15, verse 12. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Quite strong language. This is my commandment. Quite a strong word, a directive, an order, an instruction, a charge. That you love one another. goes on to, to say about um, there's a difference between servant and a friend. There's a different level of relationship between a, a servant who does not know what the master is, is doing, but is told what to do by the master, and a friend. Because in friendships, you share with one another. You discuss with one another. You trust one another. So when Jesus said, this is my commandment, to love one another, he's not saying it as a slave master to his slaves. He's saying, guys, this is my charge I am leaving with you. I am handing this mantle over to you as your best friend so that you treat each other the same way that I have treated you. It is through relationship that love grows. It is through relationship this kind of love and care For each other blossoms. It is through understanding the love that Jesus has for us that we pick up that mantle of love and caring for each other. And for those who do not yet know Jesus. That's what inspires us to do what we do. Jesus said these words to his disciples in the upper room. Just they had finished eating the Passover meal together. And we're going to discuss what the importance of the Passover meal means. If this is the night that Jesus is betrayed... And Jesus was trying to lay down a firm foundation of understanding what it means to have a servant heart. What it means to make a decision to live a life of service for others. Now I'm not saying this is easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I'm not giving you a, a, you know, a, a sermon here that's so easy to do. It's not easy. I know that many of you will have heard this, this saying before about the five frogs on a lily pad. And three, so there's five frogs on a lily pad, and three decide to jump in. How many frogs are left on the lily pad? 
Five, because deciding to jump in and actually jumping is two different things. I've heard many people say, I've decided to change my life. (laughs) I've heard people say, I've decided to follow Jesus. But until you actually step into that, until you actually do that, making the decision is one thing. Doing it is something else. It's not always easy to follow through with the decisions because often the flesh, our heart attitude gets in the way. Our earthly desires get in the way. It's like the story of the two brothers at the birthday party. I'm sure you must have heard this one. It's one of my favourites. And there's uh, just one, there's two pieces of cake left, but a big slice and a little slice. And the older brother goes to get the big slice. And his mother said, ahem, ahem, what would Jesus do? And the older brother says, yeah, Jesus would, would take the small slice and leave the big slice for his brother. He said, that's right, that's right, well done. Big beaming smile on the face. Yes, that's well, that, that's well done. To which the older brother turns to his younger brother and said, it's your turn to be Jesus today. <laughs> <laughs> they say, words is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Let me explain how Jesus' actions spoke volumes. Let me set the scene. Jesus and the disciples are in the upper room, the Last Supper, and the Passover meal. And this is the night that Jesus knew he was going to be betrayed. So I really believe he wanted one last chance to lay down, to set in, to really bed in an important ministry lesson. So that his disciples, these guys who he had lived with for the last three years, he had taught, he had trained, he had eaten with them, he had slept with them, they had seen him do fantastic miracles. He wanted to leave an illustration in their mind, in their heart, that would impact them and remain with them forevermore. So at the Last Supper, the disciples were in the upper room eating the Passover meal. They would have all have had their sandals on, a belt round their waist, and their walking staff. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me so. In the Old Testament, there's a book called Exodus. The passage will come up on the screen. If you can leave it on there for a few minutes, uh, please. They were celebrating the Passover meal, a great occasion where family and friends got together to remember what God had done for the Hebrews, for the Jews. When God, through Moses, took the nation out of Egypt from slavery and and crossed into the Promised Land. And we know that the Pharaoh didn't want to let the Hebrews go. So God sent ten plagues. And the last plague said, I'm going to send an angel of death over Egypt. But he gave the instructions to the Hebrews. He said, look, this is what you need to do. You need to get a lamb and make a sacrifice. And with the blood of this lamb, you daub it on the doorposts and lintels of your home. And when the angel of death passes over, because you've made that sacrifice, the angel of death will not touch your household. Because devastation in Egypt... And Pharaoh said, yes, go, go, go. So Moses led the people out. So they would have had their sandals on, a belt round their waist, their walking staff, because it says in Exodus this, and thus you shall eat it, the Passover meal. Thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So the disciples were in the upper room, They knew they were eating the Passover meal. They knew the significance of this meal. They knew why they were there. They were celebrating God's 
miracle of, of getting them from slavery into the promised land. She'll eat it in haste because God is going to do something that is supernatural. The, the disciples have known this ever since they were a small child because year after year, the Jews celebrate Passover, Passover with their families, listening and retelling the story of how God had rescued them. So it would have been an important meal. That's why they still had their sandals on whilst eating. <laughs> Which was unusual. Because in that day, sanitation was not what it should have been. And when they walked, they walked in things that are quite unmentionable. And eating food and smelly feet is not something that would go together. It's not a good combination. But they did it for a purpose. They knew why they were doing this. And during the meal, Jesus, knowing it was the last time they would be together, must have been thinking what he had been teaching them over the last three years. And it must have been going through his mind, some of the conversations that he'd had with these guys, these friends. These people he was going to entrust with his mission. Because he knew what was going to happen to him. And he must have remembered the rumblings and grumblings that they started falling out between each other when James and John said, Hey, Jesus, <laughs> can we... Can we sit at your right hand side and your left hand side because we want to be great? And Jesus said, Hey, whoever desires to, desires to become great amongst you shall be your servant. That's what greatness is about, guys. I can only guess that the conversation, other conversation, were going through Jesus' head as he shared this last supper. And this is what he did to lay down a firm understanding, a firm teaching base. After they had eaten, Jesus took off. His outer garment. He picked up a bowl, filled it with water. He picked up a towel. He wrapped it around his waist. And then he knelt down to where it really mattered. He knelt down to the stench, to the dirt to the grime of this world. And he took the sandals off his disciples' feet and he began to wash the dirt and the grime from the feet of his disciples. He took the towel and he dried his, the disciples' feet. He was saying something to these guys. He was giving an illustration. They knew what the Passover was about. They knew that they had worn the sandals whilst they were eating their meal because they had walked from slavery into freedom. And now Jesus is saying, I'm taking that dirt, that grime, that slavery mentality off you. I'm washing your feet so they're clean. So your next journey, you are starting with something that is clean. There is power in the towel. There is power in the towel. He's saying to these guys, look guys, remember what God has done for you. They knew that they are walking from slavery because the Passover meal reminded them and it reminded them that as they went, God was with them. It reminded them as they're eating this meal that God is with them. When they crossed the Red Sea, when the waters parted, God was with them. 
When they crossed on dry land, the God was with them. When they stepped into the promised land, God was with them. God was with them in the, in the fire, the pillar of fire at night. God was with them in the cloud during the day, leading them, directing them. God was with them when he provided manna. God was with them when he went into the promised land and the walls of Jericho tumbled down. God was with them. This is what he's doing, guys. He's reminding them that you're going to step out of slavery and step into something that is clean, something that is different, something that is called service. Now you may say, well, what's the difference between slavery and servanthood? What's the difference? There's a massive difference. A massive difference. A huge difference. See, Simon Peter said, Lord, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus said to him, if I do not wash you, you have no part in me. Simon Peter had not got the heart attitude. He had not dropped in yet. Because what Jesus is saying, this is not about slavery. This is not about me telling you to do something. This is about you understanding the power of the towel. Once Jesus had finished, he put the towel and the bowl down. And he put on his outer garment again. And can you imagine that pause, that silence? When the disciples were sat there with their feet clean, thinking, our rabbi, our teacher, our Lord and Master, has just stooped down and washed the dirt from my feet. Oh, what a powerful, powerful thing. What a heart. I can imagine they had a lump in the throat and tears in their eyes. That their Lord, their rabbi, would do such a thing for them. And Jesus said this to break the silence. It's in John 13, 12 to 17. Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you say, well, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is, who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. If you know these things, blessed are you, if you do them. If you know these things, blessed are you. If you know these things, blessed are you that do them. Oh, he's saying here, guys, it's time to put away this bickering of who's going to be great, who's going to be the greatest, the, the alpha male attitude. It's time to put that away, guys. It's time to get real. It's time to pick up the towel. It's time to serve one another. Because the pathway to blessing is through picking up the towel. That's where the blessing comes. Because when you decide to pick up the towel, it's about wanting to serve from the heart. Not because you are forced to do, but because your heart attitude, attitude says, I can't do anything else but serve. Because I understand what Jesus Christ has done for me. Oh, there's power in the towel. <laughs> Can you imagine Satan looking on? Looking in uh, that, that scenario in the upper room. Seeing Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, supposed to be the son of God, washing people's feet. What's all that about? Always oh, going to get his comeuppance at times. 
Sometime soon he's going to get his comeuppance. <laughs> we didn't know the full story, did he? And I know that when you decide to pick up the towel, Satan will have a go at you because he'll turn around and say, why are you doing that? Why are you deciding to serve these people? Why are you putting yourself out? Because nobody will, will notice. You'll never get anybody say thank you. Why are you doing it? You will not make a difference. <laughs> but there's power in the towel. Oh, is the power in the towel. When you turn around and say, I'm serving, not for recognition. I'm serving, not because of the brownie points I get. I'm serving because my heart attitude says I must because I love Jesus Christ. Oh, there is power in the towel and Satan will get out of there because he cannot stand the power of the towel. August, sorry, Easter. 2001, uh, I'm at an AOG conference and uh, um, <laughs> Tommy Tenney is at the conference and Liz bought me this book. It's called God's Secret to Greatness. Ooh, do you want to know God's Secret to Greatness? It says here, the power of the towel. <laughs> and this book is written by Tommy Tenney. If you don't, don't know Tommy Tenney, he's a, a well-known American preacher. He's written multi-million pounds um, selling series called The God Chasers and there's different books he's a great guy but it's also co-written by a guy called David Cape now you may not have heard David about David Cape but he's got a tremendous ministry and what David Cape did he, he was a pastor in Johannesburg with his wife got a good church doing okay and then one day God spoke to him one word and that word was servant and it wouldn't go away from him. And he lay awake at night, tossing and turning. Servant. Servant. What does it mean to be a servant? Servant. Servant. What does it mean to be a servant? God, show me what it means to be a servant. And so he decided, along with his wife, that he was going to leave the security of being a pastor, the security of getting a, a monthly wage, of doing okay in this church, and that he was going to travel the length and breadth of South Africa with a wooden cross and a wooden bowl fastened to the centre member of the cross. And he was going to take that and he was going to walk with his family behind in the camper van, his wife and two children, no money, no food, just trusted in God. And he was going to take this cross and as he walked, he was going to meet people on the way and ask if they wanted their feet washing. Now you think, wow, why would, why would he do that? And it says in this book this. It's a quote from the book. The idea of approaching strangers with a request to wash their feet sounds strange and uncomfortable, uncomfortable to most of us. Oh yeah, too right. But David Cape has a disarming ability to persuade prostitutes, presidents and paupers to put their feet in his wooden foot-washing bowl. Perhaps his secret lies in the many tears that are mingled with the water in that bowl. And this book is just full of stories of how just walking down the road, just bumping into somebody and saying, can I wash your feet? What? 
Can I just wash your feet? Why would you want to wash my feet? And then he just tells them the story about Jesus Christ. And this book is just full of testimony after testimony of how God just changed people's lives. And one story I just want to share with you. It struck a chord with me because one day um, David is walking from one part of Johannesburg to a township somewhere. And as he's walking along, he sees a, a police patrol car come down. As it comes down, it slows down. It looks at him, at this guy, with a cross, with a bowl, with a towel, walking down. The car goes round, turns round. And David, in his book, says, Oh, God, please help me. I don't need any trouble today. You know, this is hard enough. Please, I don't want any trouble today. And the police patrol car stops. And this guy unfolds himself out of this car. He is huge. He's a massive guy. And he walks up and he looks at David, who's only a short guy. What are you doing? And so he said, well, I'm walking from Johannesburg. I'm going to go to this township and I'm going to ask people if they want their feet washing. What? Well, that's what I do. I, I'm, 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 you know, I've been called by God and I'm just going to... You're going to what? Wash people's feet? What? How much do you charge? So no, no, don't, don't charge anything. It's, it's all free. You know, I, I, that's what I do. That's my ministry. So he said, well, wh- how far are you going? So he told him how far it was. So he said... I'll follow you so nobody runs you over. So he says, okay. So he carries on walking. He starts having conversations. The cop would just pull up, wind his window down, and lean out and listen to the conversations that David is having with people who he's washing his feet. And he'd be scratching his head, shaking his head like that. And then they'd go on for another couple of yards, and David would see somebody else and stop and wash the feet. And this cop was out there and can't believe this. And he was going that slow that as they were going up a hill, his car started to overheat. Because he was, going, he was only going at walking pace. So David said, look, why don't you go on ahead? You know, just, just go now. And, 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 and you know, just leave me to it. Because, uh, you know, you're going to overheat the car. And he says, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm just wanting to, um, I want, I'm wanting to protect you. So David said, okay. So they carried on for a while. And then it started to get dark. And the cop said to him, ha, how much further have you got to go? So Dave said, well, it's actually, I'm in the campsite. My wife has pulled a, a camper van just around the corner. So he said, well, hop in and I'll give you a lift. So David said, okay then. So he, he drives there. He invites him in for a drink. And then this cop just begins to unfold his story of how he's been an alcoholic for years. He cannot get rid of this alcohol addiction and how it's destroying his marriage and his family, how it's threatening his career and David says can I wash your feet and this man this cop this big man just breaks down in tears takes his shoes and socks off puts his feet in the bowl the power of the towel David just washes his feet and just prays for him and says I pray that the spirit of alcoholism will flee now in Jesus' name. And the cop gets up, gets into his car and drives off. Two years later, David is on another mission. He's walking again to another different township in Johannesburg and he sees a car, a police car, come whizzing past, brake, turn round and pulls up alongside him, winds the window down. Dave, Dave, remember me, it's Danny. 
Danny, you prayed for me two years ago. He said, yeah, oh, yeah, of course I do. I do remember you. Obviously, I remember you because I tell your testimony wherever I go. Whenever I'm preaching in a church, I tell your testimony, your story of how God changed you. He said, oh, you're, you would not be. It's so nice to see you. I, I, I'm married. My, my marriage is strong. Alcoholism, not touched a drop. I've been totally healed since you prayed for me. I, I go to a church now, and he mentioned the name of the church. <laughs> and Dave said, well, that's funny because I'm preaching there tomorrow night. <laughs> So he went along to the church and, as he says, he, he stood up and he shared a testimony about this traffic cop who God met in a wooden bowl having his feet washed and changed his life. And he said, in fact, that cop is here tonight. That man is here amongst you tonight. And he got him to stand up and the, and the place just erupted. I mean, the people were just praying and just cheering, just thanking God. Because there is power in the towel. I googled um, David Cape's uh, ministry because I didn't know because this book was in two thousand one. I didn't know whether he was still going, and he is. And uh, it says this: somebody's asking him a question. A journalist. A journalist asked David a question. It says, you wash a lot of people's feet as you go. What do you think is the power in that? What difference does that make? And David said, you know, one of the things I've always said to folk, far more than actual washing of feet, and I have probably washed more feet than anyone else on the planet. It's not about the foot washing. It's about the servant heart of Jesus that comes behind it. It's when you're helping the lady with her packets to the car or you're helping a disabled person cross a street or you're just showing some spontaneous act of kindness. That's like washing feet. But I think when you wash someone's feet, it's interesting because it's like a sacrament. It's like breaking bread with someone. It's very precious, tender moment before God. But I think more than that, it's the servant heart of Jesus behind it. The prophetic statement of that that really matters. <laughs> now, is God saying <laughs> you have to resign from your work and pick up a wooden cross and a bowl and stop? Of course not. I doubt that very, very, very much. But there are some, some, some simple ways, some very practical ways in which you could serve. You could start right here in this church. You could join the dream team. Serve on the doors. Serve in the car park. Serve doing teas and coffees. There are no Endless opportunity to serve. We've mentioned before in the announcements that we would love volunteers to serve with the Sunday Snap team. From 2nd of December to 24th of February, every Sunday, we are providing a light lunch for the homeless. You want to serve? You want to pick up that towel? You want to see your gifts used? Sign up at the resource hub. Say, I'd like to be part of that team. I want to do something to help somebody. Not because I'm forced to. Not because I've been asked to do so from somebody at the front of the platform, but because my heart attitude says, I'm so grateful to what Jesus Christ has done, I can't help but serve. And this is just a simple, practical way that you can serve. Sign up at the resource hub. On the 18th of November, we have our usual Sunday morning service. And then we are going to open up the church from about 3pm till about 5.30ish to serve people as they walk past the church, because it's Christmas light switch on at Mansfield. And there's always thousands of people going to the marketplace and count down to the Christmas light switch on. And in the past five, four or five years we've been doing this, we've seen no end of people walk past, have a coffee, have a hot 
chocolate, have a mince pie, and they've come into the church. I know there might be some people here this morning who, who came in just because of that ministry. Because we're serving people. You want to serve? Pick up the towel. Sign up at the resource hub. 18th of November. Please, let's get involved. Invite friends and family. Let's serve God with a huge smile on our face. Now let's be honest. I'm sure that we have all had opportunities at times when we've seen the need to serve, but we've walked on by because we thought meeting the need would cost us would cost us in our time, perhaps loss of money, a loss of status or reputation, a loss of what we would rather be doing. But Jesus did not see picking up the towel as a loss. He said, if you know these things, then blessed are you if you do them. So I've got five, very quick, five little things I'm going to finish with. I'm going to give you five very simple thoughts about how to decide to serve. And this just happens to spell out the word serve. Funny, isn't it? So S, show your love. Don't just speak it. C.H. Spurgeon said, if you want to give a hungry man a gospel track, wrap it in a sandwich. St. Francis of Assisi said, the deeds you do may be the only sermon some person will hear that day. The deeds you do. So just show, don't, don't just speak your love. Show your love in practical ways. E, expect to be used effectively. The time for messing about has gone. The time for playing at church is gone. The, the time is short. There is a vast harvest out there. Make yourself available. Pick up the towel and I can guarantee that God will use you effectively and efficiently. We don't want to waste our time, folks. We haven't got time for, for wasting time now. We need to get serious about this. You want to be blessed? Pick up the towel and serve. You want to say, God, help me in my finances? Pick up the towel and serve. God, help me in my relationship? Pick up the towel and serve. Because when you focus on serving others, God just does something. It gives you a different perspective. It opens your eyes to what is available to you through Jesus Christ. R, reveal Jesus. Everything we do at Arena Church is and should be to reveal the love of Jesus Christ. If Christ is not the the centre of everything we do, then we are wasting our time and resources. Our main aim in everything is to reveal Jesus to this hurting, broken, hungry, demoralised world. That's why we're here, folks. If it wasn't, then as soon as we became born again, as soon as we accepted Jesus Christ in our hearts, we'd be raptured into heaven. But we've got a mission. V, vision and vitality. Vision is so important. If we capture the vision of the reason why we do what we do, it fuels us to go again and again and again. And when we're tired, again and again because we understand the importance of the vision, of the mission, what we're doing, of why we're called. And we want to do that with vitality. We want to do it with a smile on our face, with a spring in our step. We don't want to do it begrudgingly. Oh, I'm here to serve. Do you want a tea? Mm-hmm. You want a, yeah. I just learned something. A couple of years ago, I was serving at um, Trent Vineyard 
I went to that church with Liz for, for about five years. And the first thing me and Liz ever did, whenever we went to a new church, we got onto the tea and coffee rotors because we knew that that's where you meet people and when you serve. And I can remember saying to the young girl who led us, only a young, young girl, lovely she was, and I said, after about three or four weeks, I said, you know, we see the same people come in to get teas and coffees every week, and some of them never even smile or say thank you, do they? And she said, yeah, I smile at them the most. I said, what? She said, I smile at them the most, and I've served them the most. Why? Because they need it more than anybody else. Oh, it touched my heart. <laughs> it learnt me a lesson. Yeah, that's why we serve. We don't deserve just to get thanks back. We serve because we want to touch people's lives. We serve because we want to see them make a difference. Pick up the towel. Reveal Jesus Christ. And you will know that God will take you on an incredible journey. Know God. Find freedom. Discover your purpose and make a difference. That is the power of the towel. Finally, E, express your purpose. This is why we are here, folks. Jesus has a mission field for us. General Booth said this, and there's a copy typed up in the hallway. It says this, While women weep as they do now, I'll fight. While little children go hungry as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison in and out, in and out, as they do now, I'll fight. While there's a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight, I'll fight to the very end. Express your purpose. That's why we're here. Remember, there is power in the towel. Anyone can wield this powerful tool. The final few, few words from this book, written by David Cape, says this. He... Jesus, he summons his kingdom of kings and priests to lay down their crowns and take up their towels of humble servitude in his name. The towel seems like a limp and lifeless symbol to a church enamored with vibrant speakers and flashy gifts, but towels wielded properly build his kingdom far faster than swords wielded improperly. Let's get it right. It's time to pick up your towel and reap the harvest. Let's make the decision. First decision of this series, I have decided to serve. Why? Because my heart won't let me do anything else when I think of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Make that decision this morning and do it. Amen. Let us just pray. Can you just bow your heads and let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for the example 